From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 295 for the week of May 22nd, 2014. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan a perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone, welcome to the show. I'm your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by our Disneyland team, Nancy Johnson and Mary Jo Malata-Willie. And in this segment, Nancy and Mary Jo take a day six adventure to the California Science Center. Uh, this is going to be part one of two because there's a lot to talk about, but this will give us give us a good idea about it and some new things that are happening, right ladies? Definitely. In fact, this is very timely. As we mentioned on the news show, there is a brand new major exhibition that just opened up called Pompeii. And Pompeii has been a kind of a hot topic um, lately, like some of the program, the channels like Smithsonian and National Geographic Channel um, have been doing longer, more detailed specials with reenactment and kind of really trying to give people a picture of what really happened and how things developed the way they did on that fateful day. I can't believe they can actually time the exact times of when things happened in relation to that, um, to the eruption of Mount Vesuvius, compared to the fact that Pompeii was a completely lost city. But I digress. No, um, you? <laughs> it, you know, I just can't. So where exactly story. is the California Science Center? Okay, the California Science Center is located just off the USC campus. Um, it's just south of downtown LA, you know, that wonderful place you fly through at the very, near the very end of Soarin' Over California, where they take you right <laughs> over the freeway and, and sail you through. That is actually literally just north on the same 110 freeway as yeah, that's Exposition right. Park and the California Science Center. So that's kind of cool. And like I said, you're right there on the University of Southern California campus. Um, and, in fact, you are in Exposition Park, um, which contains the Coliseum, which was built for the Olympics, I think, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. It was used, it was definitely used at the, uh, the Los Angeles Olympics. In two Games. Olympics that we had in yep. Los Angeles. Yeah. Two Olympics. So there we go. So it's a really cool area. Also located on this same property is the um, Los Angeles Natural History Museum, the African American History Museum, and a couple other things that I am not quite entirely sure what is in those buildings. Uh, But there's also a beautiful rose garden, too, that you can walk through. So it's really a nice day trip, even if you make it a half day visit in that or a half day visit to the museum you could still do the other half of the day at the natural history museum or just walking around or you know pretty much whatever you want to do in that respect um that's why we call it day six can we get there on <laughs> amtrak or the or the metro Actually, yes, you can. In fact, when you go to the California Science Center's website, which is californiasciencecenter.org, one of the things that pops up is the fact that you can 
ride the Metro Expo line. Okay, cool. So it lets you off. It's all can, it's w- within walking distance. Very yep, cool. you go up to um, you get up to go up to Union Station and you transfer to the Metro Expo line, and uh, you get off at the Expo Park USC station. Beautiful. So it's it's really a nice area. There's lots of fast food in that area too, um, of all different natures, including healthier fast food. That if you don't want to eat at the Science Center, um, you can walk across the street and go eat, um, or catch a meal before you take the expo back. You know, the metro back. Just different things. You've got a lot of flexibility with this day six. So what we're going to talk about. What we're going to kind of break this up into is we're going to tell you a little bit of the basics about the museum, like admission rates, hours, operations, and stuff like that. And then we're going to talk about how this is one of the best places for major traveling exhibits, um, that they have huge, huge special exhibit halls that they can use. It's really pretty cool. So... um, Once you get to the lovely California Science Center, you are, of course, going to want to, um, to find out how much this costs. (laughs) Um, now, good news, most of the exhibits in the California Science Center are actually free. It's only the special exhibitions and the Space Shuttle Endeavor. Did we mention this is the home of the Space Shuttle Endeavor? I think we have on several shows. (laughs) But um, those will actually cost you to get in unless you are a member. Now, the good news is that if you in your home state are actually a member of a science center that is part of the Association of Science Technology Centers, or the ASTC, um, and they participate in the Travel Passport Program, which is a... Have a uh, have a membership to one museum. Okay. Attend a list of member museums. Mm-hmm. This museum is on the list. Awesome. So yeah, and I mean, when I got my membership, they handed me a little flyer, and it has literally um, museums from all over the United States, plus our overseas. Um, and other continental um, listeners might be excited to know that there are a couple Australian, Bermuda, Canadian, Chile, Colombia, Czech Republic, Egypt, Israel, Korea, Malaysia, Mexico, etc., etc., Panama, Philippines, Saudi Arabia, Singapore, Sweden, Trinidad and Tobago, um, United Kingdom, and Venezuelan museums that are part of this <laughs> list. So if you want the list, it's AS astc.org slash passport will show you if your science center is on the reciprocal admission list. Very excited about that. We're actually going to use that aspect of our membership in a couple mm-hmm. of weeks for our vacation. That's a great so idea. W- my wife and son did that not with the museums, but with our local zoo one summer. Mm-hmm. Where yep, the Los they had, zoos on that. They bought the, the zoo membership here and then spent a week going from Buffalo to St. Louis and back to Buffalo and stopping at half a dozen different museums along the way and, and, and the way back. And it was just kind of fun that you can use your, use your local membership. It's a great opportunity. Yeah. 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 Which 
really, you know, kicks butt because members of the Science Center actually get into the major exhibitions and the, um, the uh, Endeavor exhibit with the cost of their membership. And they even get a, a bump up, a VIP bump up. So, you know, in the line. So if there is a, a line. Because one of the things about major exhibits is they is that you need to visit the California Science Center's website because they have times, so entry to and admission times associated with the endeavor as well as with any visiting exhibits. That way they can control the crowds right. um, flowing through much, much better. And they really do a very good job of that at the Science Center. We have seen three or four major exhibits. We saw the ones... Um, Body, oh, what's the name of that one? It floats all over the place. We talked about one being in bodies. Vegas. It just oh, calls okay. bodies the, the exhibition or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, with the plasticine, yeah. Um, yeah. plasticine muscles and everything. Yeah. yeah, we saw that intensely incredible exhibit spaces to put everything out in. They're really good about limiting off sensitive. If there's a sensitive subject matter in an exhibit, they will, um, they will design the exhibit to go around. So if you need to bypass a section, um, and in fact, when we talk about Pompeii, we'll mention that. Um, so just brilliant. And they also have, um, a separate cost too for headsets. So it's really a good idea to check the Science Center website for things like that and the individual prices. Now, the Science Center, um, like I said, it's uh, CaliforniaScienceCenter.org, and they have a, an extensive um, website as far as planning. Um, it gives you maps, um, driving directions, etc. So that's a good thing to know. Now, their hours of operation every day except Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. And they do try, they don't have the Disney method of herding you out at the end of the day, but close enough. Um, <laughs> now, the admission prices, like I said, most of it is free. The IMAX theater, which they have in kind of housed in kind of a separate section of the museum, that has a separate cost, and that those costs vary on age. IMAX prices, um, the adult price is eight twenty five, child price is five, but if you're a member, it's seven and seven and four twenty five. So the, here's another place where that reciprocal membership. Now, they also do do student discounts and senior discounts. Senior discounts are age 60 plus. Now, if you have a big family that's vacationing together, you can also get group discounts if it's 15 tickets. And you can get multiple shows because they do show more than one. Um, they had two there today, and that was the Hubble Telescope in IMAX, and they had Madagascar. Um narrated by Kevin Bacon as their second one. So you can actually get a two-movie or a three-movie ticket. So that's good to know. Um, anyway, your maximum price, if you do like a three-movie ticket, is $17.50. So that's a good chunk, just to let you know. Um, now, museum, other museum things, the special exhibit prices, 
which the Pompeii tickets are indeed on sale. Um, Pompeii the Exhibition, um, it's a good idea to buy your tickets online beforehand, but it does have a $2 service charge. Um, and the phone tickets, um, you can do phone sales, but that's a $3 service charge. You can gamble and buy them the same day. I wouldn't necessarily um, trust it. But, you know, what the heck, you may end up with a really good ability and availability that day. Okay, so if you do Pompeii and IMAX and a combo ticket, it's $26 for general admission. Members um, of any museum, say any of the Science Center participating museums, say uh, 1825 children are 1625 or 1375 if it's a member um, that's 4 to 12 and 13 to 17 21 25 or 1525 so good um oh your student with id and senior prices are also that 2125 so good to know um that you can get into the exhibit and then see the pompeii movie which just started um which talks about um, volcanoes and elements of um, destruction and all that. <laughs> um, so that's your that's your Pompeii pricing. Now, uh, now if you want to get into just the shuttle Endeavor, Pompeii doesn't interest you. And by the way, Pompeii is open until June. What did I say? Um, our January, it's open until January 4th, 2015. So that is going to be a good six months of, of exhibit time. So this is good advice for at least you know, the end of the year. But a lot of this applies too to any other time you would go. Um, they are pretty consistent with their pricing. Now the Space Shuttle Endeavor. Now, actually, the Endeavor is pretty cheap. If you buy your ticket online, it's only a $2 convenience fee to get in. But you do have to pick your time, and that is pretty important. So keep that in mind. During peak season times, they really, really, really do want you to get a ticket um, and book a time. You need to be there about half an hour early, they recommend. And if you... Don't print it at home. There is a fee for reprinting your ticket. So keep that in mind as well. I think it's really worth it, especially because they're trying to raise the money right now to build a new display, a special air and space museum to display all their, um, all of their additional um, planes as well. So I think it's a really good value to see the endeavor. Needless to say, Entering the Science Center, like I said, you want to get to these special exhibits like Pompeii um, about a half an hour early. There usually will be a line, and you'll want to get your um, your headset. I would highly recommend a headset for this particular exhibit, wouldn't you, Mary Jo? Yeah, I agree. I was just going to say I agree with you. We didn't use headsets, and I think reading reading the information on the plaques that they had next to the items I thought was was pretty good, but I, my visit itself would have been enhanced with the having some kind of narrative telling me what I was looking at. Now, 
all of these, all the exhibit for Pompeii is actually up on the third floor. There is accessible, plenty of accessibility um, by both um, elevator, stairs, and escalator. So there's no problem getting up to the third floor, and it's right there in the center of the main entrance area. When you go in, the one thing I love about the company that's producing this particular exhibit, they also did a Cleopatra exhibit a while back that I went to, and I had actually taken the girls to, and they are phenomenal. Their way of introducing the material is uh, very hands-on, very tangible. Um, They give you a great introduction and a great reveal, just like Disney does. I mean, if you're, if, a lot of us are conditioned by Disney to expect something, you know, like some pow and like the great reveal. Kind of like, you know, we've talked about Tom at D23, right. how they always do like some kind of cool video and then they break open the scenery right, yeah, and yeah, yeah. you go into the exhibit. That's exactly what they do with this one as well. Um, now for the delicate constitution and faint of heart, <laughs> you may want to be aware that the Pompeii exhibit, you know, I wasn't sure what exactly to completely expect. Pompeii is a huge tragedy. Mary Jo, you've actually been to Pompeii yourself. Uh, I wasn't sure what exactly they were going to present to us or how they were going to present it. But one of the things I loved about it is it is actually a huge cultural look at the city of Pompeii itself. And it really tries to make Pompeii very personal. So just um, for just for the for the listeners who may not know what Pompeii is, you know, I, I know everybody's heard of Pompeii, but Pompeii was a port city in Italy that was destroyed by the eruption of Mount Vesuvius. And Mount Vesuvius, I think it was what. Um, I forget the, how far away it is. 67 the, 80 or 79 80. Yeah, some, it's very, it, it's south of Rome. It happened in 79 80, like Nancy said. And 79 80. So the reveal that Nancy was talking about is they let a select number of people go into this lobby or this room, and you're looking at the doors, and, and it's already set up like in the old Roman architecture. And, and it's like the doors of a house. Right. And was it a narrative that we saw, or was it a video, Nancy? Uh, It was above the doors, and it was a video. And that explained what happened in Pompeii. And it sets you, it sets the tone for the visit into the exhibit. And like Nancy said, it was so well done, what that the presentation finished, and then the doors opened up into the exhibit. It was very cool. Nice. Yeah. The one thing, though, like I said, for those for those southern ladies in the faint of heart, <laughs> it opens up to what would be the centerpiece of a Roman house in Pompeii, your basic living accommodations. One of the cool things that the architecture of the time was that they would have an open area where it could rain and the rainwater would come down and collect into a pool and that water it's kind of like today's rainwater collection for you know using saving water for our gardens and stuff like that well right there in the middle of this beautiful area that had been all set up as one of these areas in a roman home 
is a lovely statue of a Roman god in all his glory. All of it. <laughs> all of it? All of it. All of it. Greet you right straight head on, too. <laughs> so you might want to, if you have young, um, young children, explain type of art that they used in those days you know the that the human body was beautiful and so that was the focus and and they were very earthy people i guess you could say yes and you see that in the exhibit and yes you will see you know nudes and painting or nudes and the frescoes and stuff like that they actually have some frescoes that have been taken off walls of homes in pompeii that they have um, on exhibit, as well as furniture and stuff that they had actually recovered from underneath the ash. Perfectly preserved. I, I was really amazed at the quality of the pieces that they had on display. Mm-hmm. And the details, because they even talked about the homes and the names of the people whose homes these were, that the stuff came out of. So it's amazing how much they really know about a city that was completely forgotten about for decades. Actually, a couple, and they say centuries. Yes. Like three centuries. They, nobody knew where the location of Pompeii actually was because it was buried under so much ash. So as you move through, it really talks to you about life and the history of all the peoples um, that were in the city, what they ate, wh- how they lived, what their rooms were. They had some great videos of um, computer renderings and of, you know, the insides of homes, food, cooking, you know, what would happen during different times, uh, bathhouses. They had gladiatorial, um, some great um, examples of gladiatorial armor. Um, theater pieces. They do have one section of the exhibit right after the Roman baths and the, and the cultural entertainment section of the city. They do have one small section that you can bypass and it deals with a very sensitive topic. Mary Jo, would you like to talk about this? <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's basically since it was a port city um, and when the guys came into port and they were looking for women, so they had brothels over there, and since the peop- the sailors spoke different languages, they had a menu of the of the acts that they would like to have performed. So, and they were explicit. So they we were able to go into a room that showed what a brothel looked like back in those days, and that showed the types of pictures that were shown. And I don't know if it was an actual there was fresco. only really one of them well there was just one of them yeah in it was pompeii, an actual fresco yeah yeah in pompeii there's a whole bunch of them so in the example here and the exhibit they show one um one such picture and like nancy said there is a bypass so that if you have young children with you you can you can just skip that whole exhibit but it's interesting because you see what it was like and one of the nice things they have in the exhibit is for each section there's a little brief very brief video that talks about life in Pompeii at the time that they that they lived there so this tells you 
who owned this particular brothel, how the women lived, and, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, how it operated. You know, no details or anything like that, but it just gives you an idea. And In fact, I really almost didn't, I almost didn't think it was worth, you know, it was worth the big bypassed warning. I mean, granted, I'm, I'm not as conservative as some people would be. Yeah, I, I, but if my children were younger, I would not have wanted them to go in there. I don't think mine would have actually really noticed much about the pictures so much as just kind of looking around and stuff. It would have brought up a topic of discussion, obviously. Yeah, I don't know but if I want to have that discussion with my that... eight-year-old, though, you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> everybody's different. Yeah. <laughs> Lord only knows everybody's different. There were, a, I was really surprised at the number of people who did bring their kids through. Yeah. Like my husband took the, my husband took the girls on ahead of time. So they went into the next area. Um, you were funneled into, you know, once you learned about the people and really got a chance to touch the people's lives, then you were moved on to another room where it was another theater and you were introduced to the time frame of what happened over the course of the however many hours, the one day it took for everything to just become destroyed. Yeah, but this theater was cool. And they gave you a cool. little video with it. I, I don't want to give away the theater. Well, no, but I we could say that they use sense around. Yeah, it was definitely, for those familiar with Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, or the or Captain EO, will definitely understand the principles of the theater. Yeah. And it, it, you're standing in it, so it's not, you know, anything extreme. But it really gave you a feel for what these people might have been going through. And this is a temporary exhibit? Wow. I yes. was very impressed with, with very how they impressed. put everything together. They used lighting they used um the sense around they use visual effects where you you're you're experiencing you you could really feel what the people were going through and how and see it at the same time yeah right and how destructive i didn't realize that there were all these earthquakes before the volcano exploded and yeah. so they really showed us um what was happening and then after that happens, you get another reveal, right, Nancy? You do. You get to enter into the room where if anybody's really familiar with Pompeii, one of the, the thing, one of the most incredible things they found in the exhibit were basically shells of people in the exact position that they were. It was almost as if, boom. They were done. They were covered with ash. It hardened, and this is the outline. It's like it would be like if you made a plaster cast of someone. You know, if you put somebody in a in a oh, say you're making like a movie mold or something where you wrap them up in the cast and then you cut the cast off, and that shows what position they were in when you put the cast on them. This is exactly what happened. What the archaeologists found. Um, Basically, the temperatures got up to, I think, like 567 degrees Fahrenheit. And the, there's a condition the body does. It's an instant rigor mortis. 
um, your body freezes in the position it's in in that particular amount of heat. And so as the wave of heat from the volcano passed over the city, everybody just dropped. Wow. And their bodies were in the position they were in. And because of that, the ash formed and made effectively stone um, stone shells of the people's bodies. And an archaeologist figured out, I guess after accidentally breaking one of them or something, that they were hollow inside because the people were basically incinerated. You know, they, they decayed inside these shells. Yeah, they decayed. So there's not really any... They're, it's not really any bones. Only a couple of the skeletons or these castings actually had bones inside. Um, so they discovered they could pour plaster into these and basically produce a replica of them. So they could permanently display the people as they were found. And it brings a real sense of life and tragedy. It's almost as if you know these people. It's just, I can't explain the power of it. And I think that's what fascinates me the most about Pompeii is that particular, um, you know, natural incident. Or I should say the, the results of that, you know, natural occurrence. It just really personifies everything. Um, well, you've seen it in Pompeii, and you've seen the bodies in Pompeii. Uh, what do you want to add to this, Mary Jo? As far as the exhibit is concerned? Well, it, relating the the bodies in the exhibit to the bodies you actually saw in oh, Pompeii. Well, the ones that, because that, the ones that they had in the, in the exhibit were pretty much the same ones that they have on display in Pompeii itself. And... Because they did the cast from the, you know, the, the, they did these casts from the ashes, you can see even the expressions that the people had. And it's very, it's very poignant. There's this one where there's this woman who fell down, lay down, and you can see, obviously, she's pregnant. And you see this little child. And what I really thought was, um, that brought it home to me is, were the descriptions of what the people were doing when they found them, you know, there were, there were three men on, on stairs that had fallen on the stairs. There were people trying to flee the city when that blast of heat came and killed them. And so you see these little stories and it just, it, it, it ceases to be just a date in history of something hap- catastrophic that happened. It brings to life these people that um, lived in that town. Really, really, um, really well done. I know when we were going through, there was a a family who had uh, toured Mount St. Helens and the mother was talking to her son, you know, remember about the ash from Mount St. Helens and was comparing, you know, the two volcano eruptions with her her son. And it makes you think, well, gosh, that could have really happened in Mount St. Helens, too, if it had been much more severe and it would have brought that kind of home to our continent. So it's a fabulous exhibit. It is touring um, the country. And like I said, it will be here until um, until January of 2015. Now, if if you were just going for the Pompeii exhibit, how much time should you should you allot? You know, 
I was surprised. I actually wanted more out of the Pompeii exhibit. I, I, it was so poignant, but it was so small. Okay. It seemed small to me. I don't know. Did it seem smaller to you, Mary Jo? I was. I, I kept wanting more. I wanted more. You know, for an exhibit on just one occurrence, it was good. I would say probably two hours. Okay. Would, would that sounds you, about right. That would give you no. Now, two hours for people who like to look at all the details. Because yeah. what, they, what they did is they had um, pla- vi- virtual placards on the wall. So there was a screen on the wall that explained what you were looking at. So there were a lot of artifacts. And the way they did the exhibit, yeah. you'd go into one room and you'd see these Roman busts. and Or you'd see uh, medallions and you would see jewelry. Uh, yeah, we saw jewelry too. Pottery. Just different things from the town that they had. And then yeah. they would tell you about the life of the people that lived in Pompeii. And they had it set up so that you were actually maybe looking, walking through, um, I want to say hacienda, but it's not a hacienda, like a villa. Yeah. Walking through the villa and how the rooms were, were portrayed so you could see how they lived in those days. And of course, they're talking about the, the rich people. That's what we're looking yeah. at. Right. Yeah. And the, the normal, people like us lived in small small buildings etc but this gave a really good insight so you're going from room to room looking at all these artifacts and then like nancy said they had another room that had actual helmets that the gladiators used and shin guards and and so nancy was telling me because she knows a little bit of certain things so she was telling explaining to me what she knew about those and one thing i noticed where there were a lot of grandparents and parents explaining things to their kids and where I would think that this would probably be over, you know, might be boring for little kids because of the parents telling them about this. And because of the exhibits and the way it was portrayed, the kids were really engaged as well as the adults. So I didn't mine were on the younger side. So Lily being seven was, I think she was more scared of the concept of, the volcano. So she was expecting it all, all to be about the death and the destruction. Because we watched one of those nas- uh, National Geographic specials on it. And she was a little antsy and scared about the whole concept of that. Zoe, however, would find things and she would engage with it. So, and, and you know, eight. nine is good. Yeah. Yeah, eight, almost nine. So... But I, I heard a lot of a lot of parents talking about. Remember when I told you about the ash and the kids would say yes, and then they would just explain to them what they were looking at. Yeah, it was it was really good. The one thing I loved about the theater where they actually went through the timeline was you actually saw the ash build up as they went through the timeline of the day, and so it really gave you a much more honest and realistic picture of what happens when the ash deposits and the sheer volume that came out on this particular eruption of Vesuvius. So, I mean, it was, it was quite poignant, especially when they um, finally gave you the uh, measurement ladder of the ash where it showed the layers of the earth and stuff. So, yeah, I would say definitely um, two hours if you're a, a, if you're a museum geek like uh-huh. we are. Um, yeah, if you like and the then details. plus add another hour for add another hour for the IMAX movie. Wow! Since they're selling it with the IMAX um, 
Because the IMAX movie is going to... IMAX movies usually run about half an hour to 45 minutes. And they actually sell food at the IMAX. Um, they actually sell, you know, standard movie theater kind of stuff at the IMAX um, building. Now, the one thing I want to say is right now the the hot cafeteria is under construction at the Science Center, but we enjoyed our break and getting a meal, you know, a meal to eat after seeing the main Pompeii exhibit, and we were very, very surprised at the extensive quantity of snacks and healthy snacks that they actually had in the um, temporary food service setup. Now, they also have a McDonald's inside the building where you can get pretty much all the basics, including iced coffee. Um, but we were very impressed with the um, the array of snack of snack and sandwich and salad items that one they thing, had, as well as drinks and stuff. One thing we didn't mention, Nancy, was the gift shop. So, oh my gosh, everything empties into you know. Di- we who are familiar with Disney mm-hmm. know that everything empties into a gift shop, and the Pompeii one is no exception. Um, and in fact, I was really impressed with how they had the gift shop set up. It was um, very bright, very, um, it, it continued the feel of the, um, of the Roman house. They had tons of great books, including readers and mythology stories. They had jewelry replicas. They had, oh gosh, gladiator helmet keychains. <laughs> they had things for, they had things to it was like almost like for every budget, you know. They, they brothel had the menus. And yeah. The, say that again. They have brothel menus. No, no, uh, but they did have little, <laughs> um, like a little sculpture of Venus or, um, or um, for the naked Roman dude, Apollo. Yeah. You they, know, they just also to, had a lot of Jupiter. Um, Jupiter, I mean, not Apollo, Jupiter. Mm-hmm. Yes. But um, yes, they had uh, tons of just great stuff. I mean, every budget. There was something for everyone. They even had little candy, um, little candy ash. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. That's, that's, like, a, bit, sure that's a bit morbid, yeah. okay. <laughs> so, Zoe really wanted that really badly, but the line to the gift shop was, was quite extensive. So, uh, what else do you want to say about the gift shop? It just, well, really, I, really nice. I really like that they had the jewelry that you saw in the exhibit. They had replicas, so if anybody wanted them. They also had an, um, they had coins that they used in Pompeii, and so you could buy a set of earrings that look like those type of coins or um, little coin tokens that that showed what they had. Mugs, glasses, yep. T-shirts for people who like those type of things, as well as books. And, you know, Tom, if we had looked through some of those picture books, we might have seen something um, that even you would like, <laughs> as you mentioned. <laughs> nice. But it was, and the people who worked the exhibit, quite friendly. They had um, people in every room. They had quite a good staff to answer questions, help people with the exhibits, and everything. Uh, it was just a really nice, 
Um, a really nice setup. And oh, I have to send out a, sh- a shout out to Elaine and Reservations, who is a fan of the show. So um, she helped us with finding out that we could actually attend the member preview if we came and bought memberships that morning. So we were very excited because this was a member preview that we attended. The exhibit didn't open for like a day or two afterwards um and the press event wasn't for a day or two afterwards so um just really really happy with everybody we dealt with and and they're really polite no food or drink um in the museum itself but they do have plenty of areas and they have picnic areas outside oh one Um, more thing that they had too is when you let when you got out of the exhibit and between the exhibit and the gift shop, I think, they had a children's area where you could build, it showed how to build an arch. And so they could build an arch and they had a sample of a fresco and you could actually touch it to see what it felt like. And it kind of explained how the yeah. walls were built and stuff like that. So they actually had a hands-on section. It's not huge, but it was something that people could look at and touch. So I thought that was pretty neat too. Very cool. Yeah. So, once again, this is a a great kind of example of what the Science Center provides. In our next um, edition, we will talk more about the Endeavor exhibit and even about some of the other exhibits um, that they have around. And, of course, their website has a lot of information, and we'll put links in the show notes. And certainly, if you have any questions, feel free to email us at dlpodcast.com. Um, at www.info.com. We'll be happy to answer anything and hopefully maybe even put some pictures up. Excellent. A blog? I'm hoping to. <laughs> there was um, there was some photo restrictions. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I don't yeah. know if I will be able to actually publish in the blog form any of the photos from the exhibit. Maybe I might be able to link a few of the stu- of the pictures on the Science Center website. But I do have personal pictures, so I will probably throw a few of those up on my Twitter or Facebook. So, you know, make sure follow us on Facebook, Twitter. Mary Jo has some great pictures, too. So Awesome. Okay. Certainly, anything we do like this on our day sixes, we usually put up some kind of picture on our, our social media. So, awesome. there we go. Ah, all right. Excellent. Looking forward to part two. Thank you, ladies. That is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch all of our other Disneyland shows this week. And, of course, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening.